Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Uh, going to go over the rest of the matchups that I didn't go over yesterday. So I went over, uh, I think it was six matchups yesterday, and I'm going to go over the, no, what, was it seven matchups yesterday? Six matchups? I don't know. But I went over a bunch of matchups yesterday. I'm going over the rest of them today. Um, there are a few injuries to talk about. Um, there aren't a ton. Miles Sanders was just put on short-term IR. That's not a surprise. Uh, Dak Prescott might not be available on Sunday night, so keep that in mind. Uh, If you need to pick up a quarterback, do it now. Uh, You might not find out whether he's going to play until Sunday night. It's possible that they rule him out early. It's possible that they wait until until game time. I have a feeling they're going to rule him out early, but uh, either way, uh, you might want to, you know, grab a quarterback. You know, Kirk Cousins might be available for you. He might be an option. So if you do want to wait until game time, you know, that is uh, an option. Um, but otherwise, you might want to just play a, a quarterback earlier in the day on Sunday. Uh, I don't really trust these pass catchers, honestly. You know, outside of Zeke, you know, Zeke should be fine. But outside of that, I feel like it's going to be a little bit tough to trust CeeDee Lamb, trust Amari Cooper, even trust Dalton Schultz. Um, yeah, so... You know, playing some high and wide receiver threes ahead of them, I might, I might, I might just do that. Um, so let's get right into it. If I think of any more as I'm going through these games, I'll, I'll talk about it. But um, let's start with Steelers at the Browns. Uh, Browns are favored by three points, forty-two and a half over under. Uh, Najee Harris, he's in as a solid RB one regardless of matchup. Deontay Johnson, high and wide receiver two regardless of matchup, should be in lineups, uh, especially in PPR leagues. Uh, Chase Claypool is practicing in full. Uh, from that hamstring injury, he should be played as a high and wide receiver three. He has a shot to move his way up the rankings uh, if he takes advantage of the opportunity without Juju in the lineup. 
Um, I'm keeping an eye out for James Washington to see if he's on the field more, if he makes an impact. Uh, he was banged up, um, you know, the game that uh, the game after Juju's got hurt, so we didn't get a chance to to see what his role would be after that. Um, but I think this Browns secondary is, you know, it can be beat. You know, um, obviously they have you know a couple good corners, but they have given up some production. So this is not a matchup that I'm staying away from for either Chase Claypool or Deontay. Um, Nick Chubb. On the other side of the ball, he should be treated as a high-end RB1 this week if he plays. Um, and it seems like he is. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt's out. He, he, Nick Chubb did get a limited practice in on Thursday. Um, there isn't confirmation whether he'll play this week. Like I said earlier this week on Instagram, don't drop Dearness Johnson just yet. It's a tough matchup, but this is Chubb and the Browns game we're talking about. And they can run the ball. So, um, you know, Chubb is, is a high-end play this week if he does play. Jarvis Landry can be played as a flex with upside. I think it's a good overall matchup. It's just hard to trust this passing game right now. Okay, 49ers at the Bears. Uh, the, the 49ers are favored by 3.5 points, 43 over under. Um, Elijah Mitchell, he's the primary rusher for the 49ers right now. He's pretty much getting all the rushing attempts for the most part. Jamichael Hasty is playing the passing down role, so as long as this game stays close, Mitchell should have a solid game as an RB2. Uh, the Bears have given up the six most rushing yards to running backs this season, so this is a good matchup for him. Uh, Debo Samuel's usage is staying elite. 40% target share last week, 33% for the season. So, you know, you're going to keep starting him as a wide receiver one. It's also a good matchup. The Bears are giving up the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, Debo runs about 55% of routes on the right perimeter and the slot combined, and that's really where the Bears are vulnerable. So, so fire him up. Uh, Khalil Herbert um, has an every-down role right now. Uh, Damian Williams didn't get much work last week in his return from the COVID list, so Herbert should be treated as a high-end RB2. He looks good, too. He has upside because of the talent that he showed, uh, but the offense, you know, can potentially limit him. Um, you know, him being involved in the pass game definitely helps his floor, and this isn't the best matchup in the world, but, you know, you saw what he did against the Bucks last week, so it, it doesn't seem to matter uh, to Khalil Herbert. I'm not starting any of the Bears wide receivers, desperate flexes only, you know, at least until this passing game can find some rhythm, you know, actually, you know, I think rhythm is probably too much to ask, just, just some production, anything. Okay, Jaguars and Seahawks, Seahawks are favored by three and a half points, 44 over under, Marvin Jones, um, you know, his targets finally showed up last week, had some brutal games, when, when even when it came to target share, it wasn't even about the production, um, and he ran every route. Right, but a twenty percent, twenty-eight percent target share for Marvin Jones last week. Twenty-five percent target share for Lavisca Chenault, who, by the way, now has a full-time role on the outside. He he won't be coming off the field much anymore, so he he's a lot more intriguing. He was playing the slot, right, and would come off the field when when they played, you know, uh, twelve personnel, twenty-one personnel. Um, but if you're looking at Jones, I would say he's a wide receiver three this week. Chenault. A flex play, but you know he definitely has some room to grow. He has some, uh, you know, overall upside, you know, for the rest of the season. So, uh, if he can string some games along together, I would, you know, potentially, you know, move him up the rankings. Um, the matchup itself is not amazing. The Seahawks have actually been solid lately on the outside. Uh, they're giving up the fifth least fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. Um, the slot is really where they struggle. So, Lavisca <laughs> kind of moving to the outside doesn't help him in this matchup, but overall, I think it will. Uh, James Robinson, he's an RB1 right now, 73% of snaps on the season at this point, 90% of the rushing attempts last week, ran around on almost 70% of dropbacks last week. That's some great usage. Um, the matchup on paper might uh, might be good, 
but a lot of the rushing yardage that the Seahawks gave up was against Derrick Henry. Over the last four games, they've given up less than four yards per carry. Um, so the Seahawks defense overall has definitely stepped up lately. Uh, but still, Robinson is a low-end RB1 play this week. Um, he's kind of a set-it-and-forget-it set type of player at this point. Um, it's really hard for me to trust how Lockett even DK Metcalf, honestly, you know, Lockett especially, at least with Metcalf, like Geno Smith is comfortable throwing it up at DK and DK is, is like strong enough uh, at the catch point, able to make those contested catches. If I had a startable option, I'd probably do that instead of starting Lockett though. Um, just can't trust Geno Smith right now. The Seahawks, you know, have a bye um, after this week and it's possible there are reports that are saying that Russell Wilson can be back as early as week 10 against Green Bay. You, we, one can only pray. And once that happens, these wide receivers should be in your lineup, right? No matter what. I'd say Metcalf is a low-end wide receiver, too, and Lockett is a low-end wide receiver, three, this week. Uh, Alice Collins was the primary ball carrier last week. 16 carries, only 35 yards. Not good, but it was the Saints, so I do cut him some slack there. Um, and he was banged up. So I think um, he's a flex option with uh, with touchdown upside this week against the Jaguars. Uh, Pete Carroll is going to run the ball no matter what. And the reason why like he's not like a solid RB2 with this matchup is I think there's some risk, right? Because it's possible that... You know, Rashad Penny gets some more work in his second game back. But, you know, it is what it is. Like, if you have running back issues and you need Collins, I get it. I'm willing to take the risk with the matchup here. Okay, Patriots at the Chargers. Chargers are favored by 5.5 points at home, 47.5 over under. Um, The Chargers are giving up more than 5 yards per carry to running backs over the last four games. And the third most rushing yards overall this season to running backs. So, Damian Harris should have a solid game as long as the Patriots can keep it close, right? Um, that's the only issue with him. He's a low-end RB2, um, but there's obvious risk you know, with game script here. So one thing is for sure, the Patriots offense is definitely going to try and run him, run through him in this game. So he does have some upside. Uh, Brandon Bolden uh, is a PPR play if you're desperate. As of right now, he's not an every week start, but you know, we'll see how often he has these five or six catch games, right? So that, that could happen. Uh, Jacoby Myers was pretty disappointing last week. His target share hasn't been consistent over the past few games. 18%, 33%, 16%. Um, and this is a tough matchup out of the slot. The Chargers are allowing the third least fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, I'd say Myers is like a low-end PPR wide receiver three, but I might avoid him if I have some other similar options. Uh, Hunter Henry's target share isn't there right now. 11% each of the last two weeks. He's a touchdown or bust right now, um, but you know at least he's getting targeted in the end zone every single week. I'm keeping an eye on John o. Smith though. He was targeted you know at a very high rate, you know on his routes last week before leaving with an injury. So um, and it looks like he is going to play this week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, let's see. Mike Williams on the other side of the ball. He's getting full practices in, so he looks to be good to go. Uh, he's a borderline wide receiver one right now. The Patriots aren't as bad of a matchup as you think, especially uh, for perimeter wide receivers. They're giving up the third most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over the past four weeks, and they played the Jets last week, right? So that tells you that, tells you, that um, you know, the Jets didn't do much, right? So th- that tells you something. Uh, the Patriots, um, let's see, uh, Keenan Allen, I think he's a solid wide receiver too. I expect him to be a wide receiver one at some point this season because of the offense that he's on and the talent that he possesses. And his usage is pretty good, 24% target share for the season. Um, He's been a buy low, and he still is, and that window is going to slam shut at some point. Austin Eckler, you know, obviously a high-end RB1, but he was added to the injury report on Thursday. Not good, especially after a buy. Uh, Monitor his practice status on Friday. 
but if he doesn't go, I, I would expect a committee. Um, but Josh Kelly has been the R, the running back getting snaps behind Eckler over the past two games. Uh, Justin Jackson up after him. And Larry, Larry Roundtree just hasn't played since a few weeks ago. So if you're going to play anyone, I think it would be Kelly as like an upside flex play if, if Eckler does miss. But I would expect a committee here. Jared Cook, he's a tight end streamer some weeks, but the Patriots have been one of the best defenses against the position. So I, I think I'd rather look elsewhere personally. Okay, Washington football team at the Broncos. The Broncos are favored by 3.5 points, 43.5 over under. Um, Antonio Gibson's role has shrank over the last two weeks. He's running less routes per dropback each of the last three weeks, and I have a good feeling it's related to his shin injury. I, I mean, running a route on only 20% of dropbacks this past week, McKissick has taken over on almost every passing play, opposed to earlier in the season where Gibson, you know, would at least be running a solid number of routes, right, at least on early downs. So we'll see if his numbers start to normalize again, but... You know, he's similar to Damien Harris right now, where he needs a good game script and is basically touchdown dependent. Um, I'd say he's still an RB2, but a low-end low end one. Um, definitely still has some touchdown upside, obviously. Um, but, you know, in this matchup, you know, not someone I'm excited about, um, but might end up, you know, starting out of necessity uh, if I have him. Not the best matchup against Denver in Denver. So, you know, McKissick is a PPR flex option. He's been running a, a, a bunch of routes. Um, so if you need somebody in your flex in PPR leagues, he's not a bad option this week. Terry McLaurin's still a high-end wide receiver, too, against this tough defense. 30% target share on the year. Uh, not the best QB quarterback situation, but he's coming through, you know, even though it's like every other game. Uh, relatively neutral matchup. I think he has the upper hand against Ronald Darby, you know, on the left side where he runs most of his routes from. Ricky Seals-Jones, um, he continues to be a tight end one for another week. Washington has a bye next week. Um, and then Logan Thomas can potentially come back. He has a shot to come back after the bye. Um, but I'm fine dropping Seals-Jones after this game if you're using him. Um, it is a tough matchup on paper, um, but he should be fine as a low-end tight end one start because he's kind of the second option uh, in this passing game. Uh, nothing changed in this backfield for Denver. Um, continuing to stay, say that every week, right? Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, both flex plays. Um, Jerry Judy is expected back this week. Uh, Albert O also might be back this week. The targets will probably be pretty distributed, you know, between Judy, Sutton, Patrick. Um, you know, he might be involved a little bit. Uh, of course, Noah Fant will be involved too. Uh, Albert O's return will affect fans overall routes. So that will knock him down to like a low end tight end one, uh, when that happens as soon as this week, potentially. Um, but if Judy doesn't play, I'd play Sutton as like a solid wide receiver two in a great matchup. Honestly, if Judy plays, you probably want Sutton in your lineup anyway, um, because Washington has given up the most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers and the second most fantasy points to wide receivers overall. Um, if Judy ends up, um, manning the slot and that's a great matchup as well because Washington has given up the second most fantasy points to slot wide receivers um, so I play Judy as a wide receiver three if he does return this week he does have some wide receiver two upside I, you know it's a little bit of risk with Judy just because it's his first game back will they limit him who knows but it's a little bit you know the matchup is kind of too good to kind of just have him on your bench if you don't have other options um, Bucks at the Saints the Saints are uh, no, the Bucks are favored by four and a half points, 50 point over under, uh, Tom Brady in your lineup as a solid QB one, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin need to be in lineups with a B out. Um, uh, even though Marshawn Lattimore might shadow Evans, I'm still starting him as a wide receiver one. 
Uh, the Saints have gotten better against slot wide receivers, but I, I won't be fading either of these guys this week. Um, Leonard Fournette is a high-end RB2. His numbers would have been even better last week if it wasn't a blowout. Ronald Jones ended up getting some carries in the blowout. Um, even Keyshawn Vaughn got in on the action. Now, this is a tough matchup, but Fournette can be put in good positions because of the offense as a whole. He'll still be in my lineup as an RB2 this week. Uh, Gronk, is, Gronk is practicing, and without AB, um, I think it's worth putting him in lineups as a low-end tight end one, even though it's a tough matchup. Um, you know, He's simply one of Brady's favorite targets in the red zone, and even though a lot of the underlying numbers don't favor Gronk, like routes run, you know, targets per route, that sort of thing, there's some you know things that just override them, like the Brady to Gronk connection. Um, Alvin Kamara is the only Saint I'll be starting. Uh, he's an RB1 despite the tough matchup. He'll finally get his targets too. Um, his targets over the last four games. Um, I'm sorry, his targets over the first four games. Let's look at that first. Four, six, four, zero. The last two games, eight and 11. That's what you want to see right there. He had 30 touches last week. Probably why they traded for Mark Ingram uh, to give Kamara like legit breathers here and there. Uh, but that's good to see. Uh, Cowboys at the Vikings on Sunday night. Um, like I said, I talked about Dak already. You know, Zeke will be fine. Zeke is an RB1 play regardless. Um, if Dak plays, I'll, I'm playing him, okay? Um, it's possible that we do see Michael Gallup back this week from IR. That would help this offense take a bit of a step forward. Um, I think they would end up playing more 11 personnel. Um, I think Dak overall, season long, he'll take a step forward as well. Higher ceiling for him, you know, if that happens. Um, CD, normally a high-end wide receiver too. You know, we'll see what happens, you know, with Dak, you know, this week. Amari, similar similar thing. Hopefully, he's healthy after a week of rest. Um, Dalton Schultz, I think, if Gallup does come back, I think he takes a step back um, with them playing more wide receiver, more three wide receiver sets. Um, if, if Gallup doesn't come back, I think Schultz will end up running more routes. Um, on the other side of the ball, Dalvin Cook is in your lineup as a high-end RB1. He's been, I've been seeing a lot of interesting trades involving Dalvin Cook, severely undervaluing him. He's a high-end RB1. Okay, set it and forget it. Um, I'm, I'm aiming to trade for him if the market is that low on him, honestly. Um, Justin Jefferson is a wide receiver one. Set it and forget it as well. 27% target share on the season. He's doing his thing. Um, he'll probably see a shadow, shadow from Trevon Diggs, but as we've seen, um, Diggs has a nose for the football, but, but will give up production. Uh, he's aggressive, but Jefferson can still be productive. Um, Adam Thielen, low end wide receiver two. He's in your lineup as well. Thielen might get a shadow from Anthony Brown as a result of Dig shadowing Jefferson. And that's a plus matchup for Thielen. The Cowboys are actually giving up the six most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers over their last four games. Uh, Kirk Cousins, solid streamer this week. You know, you know, we were hoping for a shootout. And if Dak doesn't play, I'm not sure we'll get that. So Kirk Cousins, I think, ceiling lowers if Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott doesn't play. Okay, the Giants at the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs are favored by 10 points, 52 over under. Um, a lot of the Giants' skill players are still banged up. Saquon Barkley might play, and, and if he plays, I'm playing him as an RB1. Uh, Devontae Booker would be a solid RB2 if Barkley doesn't go. Um, if Kadarius Tony plays, I'd play him as a wide receiver 3 with upside. I'm not sure we'll know if he's playing by the time the Sunday games roll around, and more than likely, he'll be ruled out. Um, that's what I think is trending towards, but we'll see. Uh, there's still Saturday's practice left because this is a Monday night game. Uh, if Kenny Galladay gets a full practice in on Saturday, I'd play him as a wide receiver three. Uh, either way, Sterling Shepard is a high wide receiver three for me. He would get an upgrade if these other guys don't play. Um, it's just pretty tough to navigate this Giants wide receiver situation right now. I'd say Darius Slayton is a wide receiver three if Galladay and Tony miss. Uh, the Chiefs have been vulnerable against perimeter wide receivers, so the matchup would favor him. 
Evan Ingram, solid streamer this week, I think, and a good matchup, especially if a few of these wide receivers are down. The Chiefs are giving up the most receiving yards to tight ends and the fifth most fantasy points to the position. Okay, on the other side of the ball, uh, Mahomes is in your lineup as a solid QB1. Didn't come through last week, but that's okay. You get to play him again this week. Dow Williams should be able to bounce back after last week uh, because I, you know, I think the Chiefs' offense as a whole should bounce back. The reason why Dow Williams was appealing to begin with was because of this offense, right? I think he's still a high-end RB1. Uh, I'm sorry, high-end RB2 for me this week while CEH is out, and, and this is a good matchup. The Giants are giving up the 7th most fantasy points to running backs, the 4th most rushing yards to running backs, and the 10th most receiving yards to running backs. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going to bounce back at some point in a big way in one of these games. He's in your lineup. He's still a high wide receiver one, even though it doesn't feel like it right now for a lot of people. It is what it is. Travis Kelsey, he's in your lineup as well. Um, now, keep up to date uh, with my Instagram stories at Upper Hand Fantasy. Uh, I'm going to be updating the injuries and all that at, you know, throughout the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning as well. Sunday morning, I'll be going live on Instagram uh, two hours before kickoff and then again one hour before kickoff. So make sure you tune in for that as well. Um, maybe you'll get your start sit answer, question answered during that. Um, but I really appreciate you guys. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, I would really, really appreciate it if you if you subscribe to the podcast. Um, and I just appreciate you guys listening and just being a part of the community. Thank you so much. Um, so, you know, have a great weekend. Enjoy Halloween. Um, enjoy the games. And I'll, I'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.